Hi, welcome to So Yellow, a weekly podcast about our experiences as female Asian Americans. I'm Cindy. And I'm Helen. For today's episode, we thought it would be fun to take a variety of personality tests and then compare our results with each other and share them with our listeners. So before we share our results, Helen, would you say that you're somewhat skeptical of these kinds of tests, or do you find them to be pretty accurate? Some of the tests... Okay, Cindy sent me like four different ones, and I think two of them weren't very accurate, but I think the other two were pretty accurate. Okay, well, let's just jump right into the first one. Should we do the Enneagram test? Okay, so... First, I want you to guess what type I am, and then I'll tell you. And then I'll do the same for you. Okay. I, I did so much research before this podcast. <laughs> um, so I put down that you're a two. Can you describe a two? Yeah. Twos are empathetic, sincere, warm-hearted. Um, they're very friendly, generous, and self-sacrificing. They're like the friend you want to keep because they're very like reliable reliable and like dependent and you can like always count on them for like anything and I feel like that's you because like in college when I was like very sad you would be like the first one to come and like cheer me up they also have trouble saying no to people and I remember in one of our podcast episodes we talked about how um we had trouble with that Mm -hmm. um yeah please tell me I'm right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay well no but you, know, you can keep the compliments coming <laughs> oh my god okay wait my first one was i think i was choosing between like one a six or two but then at the end i just stuck with two okay but tell me which one you are okay i got type three what um that wasn't even on my radar <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then the next biggest category it would be uh, type 6. So I don't think these are like all true, but I don't know. I feel like we have bits and pieces of every personality type, so it's like kind of hard to just categorize you into one. But the description of a type 3, I guess, is success-oriented, pragmatic type, adaptable, excelling, driven, and image conscious. Mm-hmm. And then they're ambitious, competent, energetic. I don't know. These seem very like driven and like career focused Mm -hmm. and then a basic fear of type three would be um the fear of being worthless which i can see myself and then (laughs) the basic desire is to feel valuable and worthwhile which i guess is just the opposite of worthless so i i do think that these are true but the thing to be wary about with personality tests is that there's like a large bit of confirmation bias i think it's the same when you read like horoscopes and like things like that Mm -hmm. is that when you hear it it like suddenly becomes more prominent and like you look out for it whereas like if you never heard of it then you wouldn't pay any attention to it when you hear like driven or something you you think back to an example in your life that would like confirm that but then you're not thinking of all the examples that wouldn't confirm that or like would go against it you know of like you Mm -hmm. being lazy or something i don't know um and then you also like don't know all the like descriptions that are out there so it's you could read a different personality type and think it fits you so much better but because you weren't assigned that or like you don't have the information about it you're like oh yeah i'm exactly like a type three this fits me like perfectly so basically 
I am very skeptical <laughs> of personality tests. <laughs> okay, I don't believe in like horoscopes as much, but I do mm. think the Enneagram is pretty accurate because... <laughs> okay. okay, so I think it's a lot of it is like correlated with like your childhood. And so I found this chart and it's the... Okay, wait, I thought I saved it. Hold on. She has a strong rebuttal. (laughs) Prepare. So I found this table of, like, the childhood wounds of every single Enneagram type. And, okay, I'm going to read yours. It says, as children, threes threes felt deeply connected to the nurturing figure in their life. This could have been the mother or father, depending on the home. They learned to intuit the nurturing parents' needs before they were expressly stated and strive to meet those needs. They sensed that they were loved for what they achieved rather than who they are. And when they received a look of approval, they uh, worked hard to gain that look of approval again. Um, Unlike the two who tried to gain approval through being needed or nurturing, threes gain approval by achieving goals, success, and benchmarks. Um, they gathered tokens of achievement in hopes of being loved. These could have been actual medals or trophies or straight A's. And they developed the habit of working on their ego self rather than their true self. Okay, yeah, I feel like that's pretty accurate. I think um, throughout my childhood, I seeked validation through getting good grades or like... Why does it sound like every Asian kid? <laughs> yeah, every Asian's a type 3. <laughs> um, just like excelling in extracurriculars or like bringing home something to like show my parents uh personality development like no forget that that's not, <laughs> like forget that get that out of here like it, it, it's like your report card or like a medal or like i don't know something like kind of more tangible and like something that your parents can brag about <laughs> to yeah. other like asian For parents that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was I worked hard to give my parents clout. <laughs> <laughs> That's their life mission. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty accurate. <laughs> I'll I'll give you I'll give you that. <laughs> I think something I read was that healthy threes, I don't know what that means, but like healthy threes want to contribute their abilities to the world, which I think is very true for mm-hmm. me. And um you enjoy motivating others to greater personal achievements than others thought they could be capable of. So when I read this, I thought about the gym specifically. Mm-hmm. When I go with my friends to the gym, like I just like pushing them. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it's fun to just act like a personal trainer or whatever, but <laughs> maybe it's like partly I like to watch them suffer. Oh but... <laughs> my god. So that's why you were pushing me so hard. <laughs> No, but I think you can achieve greater, you know? Oh, okay. It wasn't, you, just, you didn't enjoy me, like, suffering doing those curl-ups? I mean, I mean, maybe a little <laughs> bit, but... Um, one thing I read was that they need attention, encouragement, and affirmation of their value in order to thrive. I don't know if I necessarily agree with this, because I think I just... If I strive for, like, accomplishments for myself now, I'm, like, fine with it. I don't need to, like, brag about it. I actually, like, hate sharing things with people, Mm -hmm. especially about my, I don't know, failures or achievements. They're all the same. I don't like putting them out in the world, Mm -hmm. even though we have a podcast. But, (laughs) um, 
I don't need someone to tell me a good job just to like know that I did a good job because I feel like to an extent I, I didn't even tell my parents about a lot of stuff that I've done not like shady stuff I mean like <laughs> accomplishments like I don't need to like run to them and be like hey tell me I did a good job if I did a good job then I'm like satisfied and I'll like treat myself or something you know uh-huh. um, I don't really like rely on others I feel like for that when you're in a relationship with someone do you I can't remember it was words of affirmation like one of your top love languages I think it's my third one I think but it wasn't that high okay. I feel like I think it's just, like, nice to get, but it's not necessary. Mm -hmm. And then a big part of threes is that they want to make sure their lives are a success and they are defined by their family, their culture, and their social sphere. Um, The thing about success is, like, pretty true. I think I talked about this in the first episode, maybe. Um, The thing about, like, don't die with your gift inside. I don't know. I just was super existential at one point. I was like, (laughs) what is our purpose on this earth? You know, like, Mm -hmm. why am I here consuming all these resources? (laughs) Like, for what? What am I contributing to the world? Um, So, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's that's really sad. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I feel like it motivated me to, like, do something. I want to, like, be able to leave something behind or, like, say I did something Uh or, like, impact someone. Um, I think I said that at the start of this podcast. Like, I wanted to help someone or, like, I don't know, just mm-hmm. inspire anyone. If we helped one person, I feel like it'd be worth it, you know? Mm-hmm. And side note, like, people have messaged us that they enjoy our podcast. Um, it really, like, I don't know, sparked something in them, which made me, like, made us both so happy. I remember, like, we talked about it and, like, each message we see, we're like, oh my god, I'm crying. Like, this is I know. So nice. Like, run to the corner and cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I had the lowest match with a type four, I think, the individualist, which when I read that, I was like, oh, I guess it makes sense, like, our cultural background. It's like a more collectivist approach, and you think about your family and community first, mm-hmm. like, before yourself. Um, have you done, I know, like, when I was dating someone, I would, like, ask them what their Enneagram was, and I would, like, compare to see if we we're combati- compatible. Did you do that with your boyfriend? Um, so I made him take the Myers-Briggs test, which Uh we'll talk about next, and the Love Languages test, Uh but he, like, doesn't believe in them (laughs) and hates them. Really? So, (laughs) yeah, I think he only took it because I wanted him to. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really believe in them. Um, I don't know. I think it's, like, good to know. Like, you shouldn't just immediately get rid of someone because... Like, a website tells you you're not a match, but I think, I don't know, it, it's, like, fun and, like, good to just be aware, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I think it's helped me, like, especially the Enneagram when I was reading about, like, the childhood and then I was, like, comparing it to, like, how I am today. I'm like, wow, this makes so much sense, like, why I do the things I do. And I think, if anything, it's, like, it provides a good, like, starting point. Like, you know what's out there, like, you can read about potential experiences and potential people like being aware of like who's out there i guess Mm -hmm. and i think it's like okay after reading the book about the enneagram since it goes into depth about like each personality and like why they are the way they are like what drives them i think it's like made me more patient so okay there's someone in my life i'm sure you already know that like drives me crazy and so i was reading about her personality and then like it went into like details about like maybe 
why they are the way they are. And then I think it's like made me a little more understanding, even though I still get upset about them a lot. But good on you that you like try to be understanding. Um, so now I'm going to try to guess what type you are. Okay. So I'm very not confident. I expect a lot of compliments in return. (laughs) (laughs) If I chose like the worst one. Oh my god. Or, like, only the the negatives. <laughs> okay, so initially I chose type 9 because it's called the peacemaker. And mm-hmm. I feel like you're very peaceful and, like, level-headed. Um, but I also think you could be very much a type 3 because, one, like, I think we're similar, but I also think, like, you match the description pretty well. Yeah, and then maybe type two. But I'm going to say three or nine. Three or <laughs> <Final> nine. answer. <laughs> okay. Um, I, okay, so when I read the book, I was, I was like positive I was a nine, right? But I took the quiz again. Okay, so I'm 98% type two and 97% type nine. And apparently they get like mixed up a lot because they're so similar. Um, so yeah, but I guess I'm more, I'm like 1% more type two now. Have you taken this test in the past? No. Well, in the book, I just, like, read about each of them and then kind of, like, matched mine up to whichever one sounded more like me. Um, This was the first time I took the actual test, though. Mm. Um, And so it says for type 2, they're described as the giver and they want to be liked and find ways that can be helpful to others so that they can be loved and belong. And then type 9, the peacemaker... They like to keep a low profile and let people around them set the agenda. And I think these are pretty accurate. I guess one of the biggest, like, flaws, my flaws, is, like, not being able to say no to people. And I don't remember if, like, you remember, but in the goals episode, one of my New Year's resolutions was work on saying no to people. <laughs> and I still haven't mastered that, but mm-hmm. still working yeah. on it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess because, like, you just like to give to people and, like, please people. Wait, since you're a psychology major, like, what do you think of these tests? Well, I feel like it's a bit of my personality and my, like, psychology studies is that I'm, like, very skeptical. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just, like, a skeptical person in general, but then in psychology and research, like, you have to learn to question things and not um, Mm -hmm. take things at face value. So... You have to, like, understand, like, the reasoning behind certain tests and, like, if there's, like, external validity. So, like, does it apply to the real world? Or, like, can you even use this information beyond just the questions that it's asking? So, I don't know. I still think it's, like, fun to take. And I think it's it was, like, pretty accurate. But it doesn't change anything about myself, like, after knowing what result uh-huh. I got, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like I'm going to do anything differently knowing what type I am. Okay, maybe I'm just, like, super gullible, but (laughs) I, I don't know. I think, like, after reading my results, I was like, okay, like, I think these are pretty accurate, and I'm going to work on my flaws, because I think, okay, maybe everyone has problems with saying no to people, I don't know, but I feel like that's a problem I, I have been dealing with for a while now, and it was my New Year's resolution, and yeah, I I think it, mm -hmm. I I feel like as long as you recognize that it is, like, uh, something you need to work on, then mm-hmm. it's a good thing that you're going to try to work on it. Um, 
when you by saying no do you mean like to like when friends ask you to hang out or like someone asks you to do something there's someone in my life that i'm sure you know by now (laughs) and Uh i just like whenever they ask for something i just it feels like the world is gonna end if i say no or like stand up for myself and so okay but when friends want to hang out i usually just say yes too but i usually also want to hang out with them yeah i feel like in your first instance it could be like uh, you're coming from a place of fear and like you don't want to disappoint this person I don't know I think you just have to weigh like whether it's worth doing something or not like does it affect you in any way like does it bring you down I guess like interacting with this person or like doing what this person says do you feel like regret when you say yes but you like wanted to say no you may not 100% feel like hanging out with someone but then afterwards you're like oh okay that was fun like I don't regret it yeah that happens to me all the time yeah, same. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I guess in the back of my mind, I just I'm always thinking like, what if I like didn't say yes to them? Like, what if I just confronted them? Yeah, you should. That brings me so much anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess like you got to take baby steps. Like, say no to doing a certain type of thing or like more often. Um, I guess mm-hmm. it's really difficult to just completely cut them out of your life you know, mm-hmm. all at once. Because that's, like, hard to do for anyone, with anyone in your life. Mm-hmm. It said that um, the reason why twos have trouble saying no is because, like, as kids, they only felt loved if they were helping or pleasing others. And mm-hmm. so, as a result, they closed off their own needs and feelings and tuned into those of others. And then... Yeah love became defined as giving to others and i think i did that for like my previous like relationships as well Mm -hmm. i think it's like innately a good thing you're like a giver like you want to help people but then at a certain point it like it can be too much like you have to think of yourself first because like at the end of the day you're like your own person you just have to focus on yourself first before anyone else but i think the reason i i don't know if i'm giving because I genuinely want to give or if it's because like I want them to like give me something back in return which is Mm. love you know so it's like almost like a selfish thing Mm. no I understand that like sometimes like you don't explicitly say it to someone but like you kind of want or expect something in return because it's like why would you put energy and effort into something to help someone or give something to someone if you don't get anything in return you know Mm -hmm. um because then you would just like be exhausted and like die (laughs) so i think like you have to be like a little bit selfish and it's like fine um you're not asking for too much like i feel like (laughs) just love Uh, me (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, oh i guess like you have to be able to like love yourself enough like enough Mm -hmm. that you don't need anything from anyone Mm -hmm. like you don't feel like you have to give to someone else to like fill some sort of void in yourself because like you're giving it all to yourself already like you're doing enough for yourself Mm -hmm. i feel like this very i feel like this is very vague and like obviously we don't want to talk about like super personal stuff but like (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, I think um, 
I think I was like very like codependent when I was like dating people. Now I'm tr- when I'm upset about something or something's bothering me, I try to like figure it out myself instead of relying on someone else to make me feel better. I don't know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And then for number nine, I read that they oftentimes like absorb other people's personalities, mm-hmm. and I also think that's very true for me because I think for my past relationships like I didn't have a good understanding of who I was or like what I liked and so I kind of just like became like a sponge just like absorbing anything around yeah exactly I just like absorbed my partner's like interests but then like I think towards the end of the relationship I started I think it's because of art that I like started understanding myself better yeah maybe that's why my nine percentage went down (laughs) (laughs) but yeah Sorry, I feel like I just went on a long rant. <laughs> no, it's okay. When you said you kind of like absorb, absorb your partner's <laughs> interests and like just mm-hmm. try to like please them in that way, was it because you're afraid of like if you were different, like they wouldn't accept you as much? You have to like X, Y, and Z in order to like get along. No, I think it's because I genuinely like had no idea who I was. And I think that's because mm. growing up, um, one of my parents was like very like controlling and so like everything I did I had to think about how it would affect them and so I didn't really do anything that I enjoyed doing so I think for a very long time like I just had no idea what my interests were or like what I like mm. I think I just when I started dating someone I would just I don't know like cling on to them like in in hopes that you would like discover something about yourself no I don't think that was <laughs> okay I think since they knew what they liked doing, I just kind of went along with it. Do you remember what your lowest match was? What type? Um, it was an eight. What is a type B? I thought you were lowest for type four. Um, no, type four was seventy-seven percent. Oh. Okay, this makes sense. Okay, eight is known as the challenger, and they see themselves as strong and powerful and seek. To stand up for what they believe in. That's like the complete opposite of me who has trouble <laughs> saying no to people. <laughs> but I feel like you're willing to speak out about stuff that matters, like social issues. Okay, I guess my problem with saying no is just to one person in my life. <laughs> <laughs> that dictated your whole personality <laughs> results. Yeah, they do have like a very big influence on my life. Yeah. Well, yeah, what was your lowest one? Mine was... <laughs> I think four. Four. Oh, right, you told me this. What is four again? Um, they're, like, the individualists, and they live life authentically, oh. and, yeah. And you said it was, like, because of your cultural upbringing. Hmm. Is four, like, the opposite of your... The one you match... I match with three. Oh, okay. They're kind of the opposite, right? Yeah. I mean, I think so, but I also canceled the tab, so I can't see. Okay. <laughs> so threes want to be successful and admired by other people, and like you're very conscious of your public image, whereas fours are like individualist. So now we're gonna talk about the Myers Briggs test. So. Helen, how many times have you taken this test? <laughs> um, 
I think I've taken it like three times. Okay, yeah, same. I took it once in high school in AP Psych Mm -hmm. because we had to. And Mm -hmm. I do not remember what I got, but I think it was... I know for sure I was an I because I've always been an I. (laughs) But um, at the beginning of college, I think I took it again. And I Mm -hmm. think I was ISFP. But now, as of like yesterday... (laughs) I am an I N F P T. <gasps> That's what I had. <laughs> Wait, what? Like now? You got the same one. Yeah. Oh, what like, the but heck? I took it a couple of days ago. Okay, Damn. well, I guess I don't need to guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I knew we were similar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I guess we're just going to talk about the same things then. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I, Um, okay, so the first two times I took it, I got INFJ. And then mm. when I took it again a couple of days ago, I got INFPT. I can't believe our last last letter is like the same too. Yeah. The T. Okay, I was like trying to understand the difference between INFP and INFJ. Okay, so they're the two rarest types, and they often get mixed up. And then even after watching, like, so many videos and reading things about them, like, I still don't know which one I really am, because I think I have, like, traits from both of them. What would you say is, like, the core difference between the two? Mm, Hold on, let me find it. Okay, INFJs are more structured, rigid, and analytical, whereas INFPs are more open, spontaneous, and artistic. Okay, yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Makes sense. Don't have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cut that out, cut that out. (laughs) Uh, Oh, and and INFJs, I think they... Wait, no, INFPs, like, listen to the beat of their own drum. Mm. But I feel like my Enneagram result was, like, the opposite of that. It was, like... Yeah. It said I was image-conscious... Which, I don't really know which one to think. Because I feel like it can be both, depending on, like, the mm-hmm. situation or the people I'm around. I think as I've gotten older, I the amount that I care about what people think about me has, like, gone down exponentially. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, That yeah. makes sense. I feel like in, like, middle school is when I care the most about what other, what other people thought. Middle school and oh, high school. I- Oh my gosh. I remember middle school, I was anxious 25-7. Like, and (laughs) thinking, (laughs) yeah, and like overthinking literally everything. Like, sitting at the cafeteria lunch table, like, wondering Mm -hmm. what people are going to think about me, like, if I get up and get a napkin. Or like, what are people going to think about me if I eat chicken nuggets for like five days in a row? (laughs) Or like, the way I do my hair. Yeah, we had it like every day. (laughs) We only had it on Thursdays. (laughs) oh what the heck oh my gosh i remember one time i was in the pizza line and the guy in front of me he got a slice of pizza and he dropped it like cheese side on the ground and then he didn't know what to do with it and he didn't want to just leave it there so he puts it Uh back he doesn't like throw it away or (gasps) tell someone he literally puts it back on the serving thing because you Uh like get your own slice i was so glad i was behind him and i saw (laughs) god bad for the kid that picked it up yeah honestly thinking about it now i'm kind of evil for like not 
saying anything also <laughs> but oh yeah. okay earlier when i was making dumplings eric he threw the okay we had two extra wonton wrappers left and he threw it in the trash can but then he was like wait let's put cheetos in them so he picked it back out and <laughs> put cheetos in them and then we ate it <laughs> it's oh like bon appetit <laughs> bone apple teeth um okay but yeah i also i remember walking down uh the cafeteria with my food and thinking like are people staring at me walking down like exactly to my table yeah like when you're younger you think the whole world revolves around you everyone's looking at you and everyone will remember every single thing you say and wear and do but like Mm -hmm. no i don't remember anyone from middle school yeah same and like people are too focused on themselves to notice anyone else So I read that INFPs are perceived as calm, reserved, or even shy, which I guess Mm -hmm. I can see that for us. Mm -hmm. Um, But then our type, the meteor, meteor, (laughs) meteor, or the (laughs) mediators, and we have an internal flame and passion that can truly shine. Wow, I... (laughs) I'm surprised that it says that we're 4% of the population, which I don't know about you, but I feel like every personality type, it's uh, it tells you that you're super rare. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like when a teacher or a parent tells their kid they're special. <laughs> um, another thing that I, that like really resonated with me that I read is that mediator, oh my god, I can't say that word. Mediators will focus their attention on just a few people, and it says, spread too thinly, they'll run out of energy. And that's, like, exactly me, because I think it's pretty true for me, because I have, like, a few close friends rather than having, like, a bunch of, like, non-close friends, and I feel like um, if I talk to too many people, I just, like, get exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's so relatable. I used to want so many friends, but... Sometimes, like, when I get too many... I can only message, like, one person at a time. Some of the qualities that I read about for mediators include being Mm -hmm. idealistic, open-minded and flexible, very creative, passionate, and energetic. So, would you say those resonate with you? Um, yeah, I think so. I think, um... I don't know about the energetic part. Yeah, that was the one, like, (laughs) qualm that I had. But I think everything else fits us. So some of the weaknesses that they mentioned were that mediators tend to be private and reserved and difficult to know and then take things personally. Mm. So would you say this is accurate? Yeah, I think. Actually, I don't know. I think maybe when I was younger, I was more private and reserved but i feel like now like especially when i'm meeting someone new and i'm nervous like i'll just like keep talking about myself and i can't stop (laughs) and Mm. i remember when i met that stranger on the street over the summer last summer um he i was like really scared of him because he was like asking to see my teeth but i just couldn't stop sharing information about myself (laughs) I was like, I was like, yeah, I go to UVA. I'm studying this and this. Yeah, so I think when I'm nervous, I just can't stop talking. Okay, yeah. So 
I remember you messaged me and was like, this guy asked to like see my teeth and stuff. And I was like, Helen, you got to run. Like, don't talk to these type of people. And you're like, yeah, I let him take a t- picture of my teeth. <laughs> I, no, like, I, gave him my, I gave him my number, not a picture of my teeth. <laughs> oh, I thought he asked to take a picture of your teeth. No, no, he asked for my phone number. Oh, and then you gave it to him. Yeah, because he called me right after, too, after I gave him my number. Okay, but you didn't know he was going to do that. No, but I was scared. See, this is my thing again. I can't say no to people. (laughs) Okay, well, I I get that because you're, like, in a state of fear. So I I think I would probably do that, too. But Yeah. I think people have told me that they feel like I don't open up that much when -hmm. they first meet me, which... I feel like I just like to listen to people. So if I'm like meeting someone new, I just I really like asking people questions and then hearing about mm-hmm. them because mm-hmm. I think I mentioned earlier like I just don't like talking because I'm like is what I'm saying even worth their time? Um and I just it is Okay, Sorry. but I also just think it's like more interesting to hear about someone else. Um mm-hmm. but like a conversation is like a two-way street. So I think I've been a little bit better at opening up. Um, I think it honestly depends who I'm talking to and, like, why am I meeting them or why am I talking to them in the first place? Is it, like, a, you know, professional connection or is it, like, I'm trying to become their friend or, like, whatever. But sometimes I'll just, like, it's, like, my first time meeting them and I find Mm -hmm. myself, like, telling them my life story and, like, things I did (laughs) when I was five. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, like, another thing that I read is that mediators dream of the perfect relationship, um, and they form an image in their head of their, like, ideal soulmate. Um, would you say this is accurate or not? I'd say this is pretty accurate. I didn't, okay, I didn't know about that. I thought it was just maybe I watched too many Asian dramas, and... <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, like... Why is he not sending me flowers every single day? <laughs> yeah, I do that a lot. I, I find myself doing that, like, right after I watch, like, a movie or TV show. And there's, like, a really good-looking guy on there. And he's, like... <laughs> like, they can be good-looking and nice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> I think because I've only been in one relationship, I have no past experiences to, like, compare my relationship with um so like if this is the one and only one i just want it to be perfect you know (laughs) like right off Mm -hmm. the bat but that is not always the case i read that it's challenging for mediators to find a satisfying career than any other personality type would you i mean you you don't you're like in your first career but like i i think you you guys can tell I think our listeners can tell from, like, our goals episode that I am very unsure about what my future holds. Um, mm-hmm. I There's just so many things I want to do, but they're, like, so different from each other. And yeah, exactly. That could just goes back to, like, being indecisive. Would you say the same is for you? Yeah, definitely. There's so many things I want to do, but, like, not enough time. And I've been... I actually, like, seriously consider, like, when in my lifetime I'll be able to do these things. So, like, a long-term goal of mine is to, like, open a cafe of some sort. And I Mm -hmm. think about, like, where would it be? And, like, 
if I have a physical store somewhere, then like I should probably like settle down there, and I can't really move around, and so that's where I would have my family and kids, <laughs> and so I really like gotta think about where it's gonna be, and then what if I don't want to do that forever? <laughs> um,、mm-hmm. and there's just like so many other like business ideas that I want to do, like. Yeah, <laughs> you、just、got this、so、podcast down. That's one down. <laughs> yeah, like I just want to turn my hobbies into like careers. You know, like、mm-hmm. I don't want to just have some boring career that I'm not actually interested in. Because、mm-hmm. I feel like your hobby can be your career. Like they don't have to be separate. But then the problem with me is I have so many different hobbies. <laughs> so <laughs> don't know how to make those all into careers. Yeah, I know some people actually like sit down and plan out like their five year goal, their ten year goal. You know, maybe I need to do that because everything we did that in our goals episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think in that episode I said my future is one big question mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> I think this goes back to us being like idealistic and open minded. Um. Like, we don't feel constrained, or like we don't want to be, at least、mm-hmm. in our future.、Um, there was this one point where I was like so motivated about this future future cafe that I want to make that I started looking up like cups and glassware and like、Whoa. what I would want to use and like what type of aesthetic or menu or like furniture or like thinking of a menu. <laughs> So、Dang. I was like, "Whoa, whoa! I need to like graduate first." <laughs> when when was this? Beginning of quarantine. <laughs> Maybe you can start off playing like a cafe cooking game. <laughs> <laughs> start for real practice. <laughs> for practice, dude. Those games get me so stressed when like the the customer gets angry in like four seconds and then they leave. You know. <laughs> and then、Do、your what... food spoils in like ten seconds. <laughs> Yeah, it's even more stressful than working at the restaurant. <laughs> If I can handle that, I can handle anything. I think sometimes I'll say something and people feel, or people might think I'm joking, but I'm actually not. <laughs> so, I, but I also don't want to like say stuff too confidently and like put it out in the universe, and then it just never like comes to fruition. Like,、mm-hmm. um, I feel like we never talked about our podcast to really anyone, even though we thought about it for a year,、um, because.、Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like, what if it doesn't go through? You know, like I feel like it's the same with when people are pregnant; they don't want to announce it too early because what、mm-hmm. if something goes wrong? But then also, you can like put stuff out there to like make yourself accountable. <laughs> so that's true. I guess I'm saying it right now. I'm gonna open a cafe one day. <laughs> <laughs> so yellow cafe. <laughs> we'll have meetups there. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my gosh! Are we like Bopo Mofo? Tune in for like our future episode to see if when this ep- cafe opens up. <laughs> yeah, when it opens up, I'll share this episode, episode three <laughs> thousand. Well, that's it for this episode of So Yellow. If you would like to take these tests for yourself, we'll link all the ones we took in our podcast show notes. So be sure to check that out, and then share your results with us on any of our social media platforms at So Yellow, or you can email us at So Yellow at Gmail dot com. We'd love to chat about it with you guys. With that being said, if you enjoyed what you heard, we'd love if you subscribe to the podcast to be notified of our future episodes. Until next time, bye. bye.